So this is our first episode talking about 2521. Yeah. And I know from our our pre-talk and from the talk that we're doing right now that we both freaking like it. Do you want to intro the show? Truly- <laughs> like <No>. our show? <laughs> Oh, like our show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I'm so sorry. Are you I love I love the enthusiasm. I am one hundred percent. I literally just (laughs) Philip DeFranco freaking jumped into it. Don't punch me in the throat, man. I'm gonna punch you in the throat. We're gonna jump into it. Wow. (laughs) So Okay. So focused on the outro, forgot forgot the intro. <laughs> Rewinding. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome to Dramatized. I'm Allison Peachy. And I'm Lisa Ellis. And today we are going to be talking about episodes one and two of twenty five twenty one. On Netflix. Yes. Yeehaw. In the US. <laughs> At least. Yeah, in the U.S., it's on Netflix. Uh, it might be somewhere else in your country, like on TVN, or yeah. somewhere else. Uh, we're like a week behind. We are exactly a week behind. We're not like a week behind. Um, and so this week, we covered episodes one and two. Next week, we're going to do three and four, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know? <laughs> Breaking it down. It's a really complicated Sorry, process. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just so flustered from our from my little flub <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Now you kind of like have to keep it in somehow. Yeah, I do. Just, just copy paste, you know. Uh, it's yeah. just going to be, uh, you know, I always think that's funny. And the one podcast that I listen to sometimes, at one point they like decided to start doing a little pre-talk before they like do their intro. Uh-huh. So maybe that's just this episode. What podcast are you listening to? Oh, uh, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, no free promo. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Dish it out. No, hey, you were just excited, and we love excitement. Yeah. I just, I just got so psyched about this, this well, TV I mean, show. Well, yeah, because you know, you know how we feel about this show? Me personally? Yes. We fucking love it. I've only seen like two hours yeah. of it and some change, um, because two episodes. Yeah, like two hours, 30 minutes, basically. But it's so cute it is it's the so vibes cute. it is what i want like i the only thing the only criticism i have is that like i feel like this is a summary show but that's fine yeah. spring is on its way let's do it i feel like this show to me feels like eating a popsicle yes. outside and it's hot and you're like 13 years old and that's the sprinklers what show feels are like on and your friends come yeah. up on their scooter and they're like let's go like to the neighborhood summertime. pool yes you're like wild and out there you're living life so it's it's like a youth show it feels very nostalgic to me absolutely um which is great i'm loving it yeah and i I like that interplay of like i think it's very unique to have one character who's like on the cusp like just over the line into adulthood like a young adult and then one character who's like on at the edge of edge of youth kind of and just about to become an adult Yes. And I think that's a really I interesting I like the contrast between the two. Yes. Yeah. I think it's I, it's a really nice interplay. And I like kind of how they view each other and they can like see each other in their different points in life. I think it's a little, you know, I, I, I think 
it kind of raised some red flags of like, oh gosh, he's an adult man and she's just a child. But it hasn't crossed the line at all yet. So I'm not upset about it. I think some people might be. I will say that because there is kind of like a, you know, a 21 year old man and a 17 year old girl hanging out. Um, But I I really don't have issue with it. I think it's, it's not, it's not groomy or anything. Yeah. It feels like two people who are learning from each other. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's very like innocent like it's not it's not him preying on someone without experience or something yeah yeah i agree it's a random rant but you know that's how, that's how i'm starting this. <laughs> it's very cute and you know like i wasn't even really thinking about it because i know that you and i have both watched goblin which is the man who looks like he's 30 and is technically like 30 and a 16 year old girl uh, but really the man who's 30 is like a thousand years old. So to me, right. that is a little bit ickier, Honestly, but I also exactly... didn't really find that that icky because they're soulmates. They're soulmates. And you know, like, again, he doesn't have any, like, he's not using his position over her. Like they are on equal yeah. footing, even though their ages are different. There's not really like a power dynamic issue. Exactly. And that's so like, far. Exa- and like, he's had the rug pulled out from under him. She's, like, struggling to come up with, like, how to be a person because she's not even an adult. Um, she's on the cusp. Exactly. And, yeah. and Goblin is exactly why I brought it up because I think it was a coworker. There's been multiple people that I've talked to about Goblin, and, like, that's kind of the first thing they bring up is, like, oh, I feel a little bit weird, like, when they're starting out. Like, I feel a little weird yeah. about the age gap. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, but like, just, just wait, just process it. Like, it's really, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's going to be weird. No matter, even if she's 40, they'd still have like a 600 year age gap. So it really doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> and they don't do anything like until at a she's like point, 20. It's, it's fine. <laughs> and like, I don't really have a big, the, the age gap in Twilight is like not my issue with Twilight. Because <laughs> he's been 17 forever. Yeah, he's been 17. And like, he's mentally 17. He's, <laughs> I think that's generous. I think, oh, no, like, he is. <laughs> I've read Midnight Sun. I know that he's he's a baby. <laughs> Don't admit to that. That's a lot. <laughs> That's funny. It was an audiobook that I listened to on 1.1. What can I say? On 1.1. <laughs> Edward is a fast thinker. Edward is a fa- He has just a lot of thoughts, I uh, think. He, he would. He seems like a thing that would have a lot of thoughts i didn't know what to call a him thing that would he's have not a, a man thoughts. he's not, he's a vampire he's batman i mean you know what like there are worse things for people to like and that's true it's fun that's so true now that we've gotten the twilight talk out of the way do we want to and the age gap talk do we want to start talking about the episode Take it away I will. Okay, so the first thing that I have to say, actually relating to the show, is I thought that the opening for the episode was really fun. I don't remember. I think it was, like, the song. Oh, like, the opening for the show kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's very cute. I like how stylized the show is. I mean, I'm a sucker for, like, 80s, 90s nostalgia, so even though I wasn't alive. The music is so good. I mean, I was barely alive, but... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you... (laughs) I'm at the 80s. I was alive. Okay, so we start in present day, uh, and COVID protocols are in full force, as we all know. <laughs> I was like, I did not. At first, I was very, 
I was very against this because like we I thought we all were in agreement that we're not going to put COVID in movies and shows like we're not going to do that I, I thought yeah. I thought we understood that but and like so far I guess um, actually no because obviously it's like a contrast between the trying times now and the trying times exactly of so I was like you know what that's fine I get it I get it now and you're you're allowed you have a pass. Yeah. I like it. Um, I, like I was it. just a little caught off guard because I thought that you had said that the show was taking place in the 90s and it was taking place in 2022. I lied. Like, <laughs> I thought. I thought it was escaping. No, it's like the Reply series. We're going to go all over the place. And we're going to have to so. guess who she ends up with, even though I think I kind of know. The, well, I won't go there yet, but her child's last name is not Bake. So that kind of scared me. Yeah. That's that's very fair. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, an adult, Nahido, is accompanying her daughter to a ballet contest, but parents are not allowed in. She's recognized through the mask by one <laughs> of the door greeters. She has really recognizable eyes. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I've spent, you know, I watched The Beatles thing on disney plus this is a diatribe i'm so sorry um oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and along with that i've also watched like a couple random like youtube beatles interviews and ringo Starr said that one of the best things about covid was that he could go places and nobody would recognize him (laughs) until he he sat down Ringo star looks like (laughs) and like he and paul mccartney would go places like in england yeah that they'd go places together like in england and uh like they'd walk around and they'd go to like restaurants Mm -hmm. and sit down and the the waiters would be like oh you know like thanks for coming normal people and then they'd take off their masks and they'd be like oh my god <gasps> it's paul mccartney and some guy. Paul McCartney. Oh. <laughs> it's an honor to serve you because <laughs> we're in england are you sure about that <laughs> that was great that was really good <laughs> I, I was like really trying to channel my inner john snow i'm sorry <laughs> John Snur. So back on track. <laughs> no. Uh, she tells her daughter, Kim Minche, to have fun and not to worry about winning. Minche responds with a, lol, that's rich coming from you. Oh my god. <laughs> and she goes in to compete. Uh, Hito is going to watch her daughter's performance on a cell phone in her car, and Minche is backstage at the ballet contest. Uh, and then she ends up leaving the ballet contest after seeing her before person go whose name i did not know competitor and so she forfeit that's a good word competitor that's the (laughs) word that i would normally use i mean i'm no the person that goes before her like number (laughs) 10 or whatever have you seen those tiktoks of that guy and he's like if your mom is dating an oil baron yes (laughs) that's us channeling was the guy every time he says that's my competitor (laughs) (laughs) that's funny that's where i pulled that word from (laughs) i always think those are those are top notch they're so good Uh, also their apartment looks so nice when they're in new york so i don't know i have questions it's the oil money i guess so anyway she walks out she forfeits the contest because the person in front of her was so much better than she was her competitor uh (laughs) Her mother catches her as she leaves, asking why she didn't try, which to me, that was the question of the hour. Yeah, but also I feel like she could have been a little more sensitive to, like, 
Clearly something's going on. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Min Che tells her mother that she's going to take the ballet school bus home instead of riding with her mom and that the girl <laughs> who went before her, her competitor, did so well that she might as well have not tried at all. Um, she tells her mom that she's going to quit ballet and then she throws her skirt and her shoes, which look brand new, it's dramatic. into a trash can. Then we go to Minche, who has just arrived at her grandmother's house and announces that she'll be staying there for the summer. What? This house. Oh, it's so cute. It's so cute. It's like a little English cottage in Korea, like on this cute little road. Like, okay, um, dream house. Hello. This is going to sound so weird. I always have house envy when I'm watching dramas. Yes. Like, it takes a very specific kind of house for me not to have any house envy mm-hmm, at all mm-hmm. in K-dramas. I remember the house from It's Okay, It's Love. Yo, oh, that was the best house. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, the best house. That I want to move there immediately. Um, ooh. No, never mind. The other house that I was thinking of was in The Good Place, which is not a <laughs> Korean drama. <laughs> Wait, is it her house in The Good Place? <laughs> No, Chidi's house. It has like a nice okay, balcony. Yeah, that, that I thought it was cute. <laughs> but then you go inside and it's like just books. Just books. Because he's a nerd. Uh, she announces that she's going to stay there for the summer and she ends up going to her mother's old room. There are a bunch of certificates and frames and a lot of medals on the walls indicating that she's done something important. Maybe this ties into the fact that uh, that woman knew her on site with a mask on. Yeah, I do think that's interesting that the show kind of spoils that she does become a successful fencer. Yeah. But, like, I'm not mad at it. Like, I think that's a kind of nice thing. Like, it takes away... Like, it shows, like, that's not the important part. Yeah. They're saying it's about the journey. It's not about the destination. Yeah, and then, I mean, spoilers, they do say uh, all of the medals are fencing medals. Sorry. Sorry, getting ahead of you. Which is revealed literally two shots later. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> after she gets into the room. Minche and her grandmother sit down for a meal. Grandma asks why Minche quit ballet, the question on everybody's mind. Minche has done ballet for five years, and Grandma asks her what her dream is. Minche says that she hates how adults never accept that if you say you don't have a dream, they're like, that's not true, I don't believe you've come up with a dream. Uh, Grandma says that it makes sense because of the times, which was kind of an ominous statement to me. Yeah. Also, you know, you get bullied by BTS. This is a reference to BTS's song, No More Dream. Oh, <laughs> in which okay, they yeah. harass I was like, people. I was like, I do you think have I no understand dreams? this joke. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get the BTS fan audience. Uh, in Min case, the answer is clearly no, she does not mm. have a dream. But also, I like that discussion, because I do think that's like, I think there's a lot of pressure on kids to be like, you have to know what you want, you have to know what you're striving for, you have to have a dream. Um, even like real adults people are like what do you want from life and it's like i don't know absolutely yeah i feel yeah there's like so much pressure to be like you have to know where you want your life to go and it's like well sometimes kids just like want to live and like experience life and like turn on faucets and dance in them like go for it (laughs) you don't have to have a dream to quote quote joaquin phoenix not (laughs) yes joaquin phoenix from the joker we live in a society (laughs) heard someone preface we live in a society <laughs> to quote Sorry, Heath Ledger about a lot. Batman you know where I got these scars 
he doesn't say the iconic we live in a society of course joaquin phoenix if you've seen joker an uncomfortable watch i've actually never seen it then oh really no i would not recommend it like it was good um but i never want to see it again (laughs) and the entire time that i was watching it i was like I hate this. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, you're really selling it. Yeah, I was uncomfortable. Anyway, before he... uh, Spoilers for Joker, a movie that came out three years ago. If you're a white man listening. Yeah, if you're a white man listening. Well, you've already seen it. And you haven't seen Joker. (laughs) You would Get your priorities straight. Um, Before he shoots Robert De Niro on TV, he says we live in a society that, like, doesn't care about mentally ill people or something. Uh... But he pauses. He's like, we live in a society <laughs> that doesn't care about mentally ill people. And then he uh, goes on a tangent. And Both statements are true. Like a relatable. The full yeah, statement and the short statement. <laughs> that's true. I, I wholly understand and I... I guess I relate to living in a society. Uh, Minche is zooming around and goofing around in her mom's old room. Zooming. I love that. <laughs> she's in the spinny chair. She's spinning. She's living her best life. Um, and she starts to go through her mom's stuff, as you would if you were mm-hmm. a child who was in her mom's childhood bedroom, where clearly nothing much has been moved around. And she finds her mom's old fencing diary, which was like weirdly specific to keep a diary for fencing, like for one thing. Oh, did it? Did it actually specify fencing? It it said fencing. I didn't diary. notice that. <laughs> That's funny. That is weird. Um, and <laughs> the first line that she uh, sees is, "I go every Saturday to see that kid," and Minche thinks it's about an ex boyfriend. Uh, and she's like excited to find her mom dishing about an ex ex boyfriend yeah. of some sort. <laughs> Which didn't it kind of sound like she like her mom had talked about an ex boyfriend before? Maybe. Because I'm like, who's the ex-boyfriend? Or am I, like, getting too excited about something that doesn't exist? I hope you're not getting too excited about something that doesn't exist, because I'm excited for it, too. Yeah, well, I, yeah, who's who's this second boy? Mm. The one, I, the boy she ends up marrying, I guess. Uh, or fathering a... Well, I don't know if it's her or... ex, though, because I'm assuming it's yeah. someone other than Yijin, but I don't know. Oh, man. Okay. So, anyway, we're back in 1998. Hido is young. She goes to school. The school that she goes to is Songjung Girls High School. And her classmates are like, why is she here? Doesn't she only come for exams? Isn't she on the fencing team? And she's like, shut up. You're right. You are absolutely correct about everything. But stop talking. <laughs> That's I am girl. here. I am here to meet the minimum attendance requirement. <laughs> And she's, like, in a really good mood. She's going to take a nap on her desk. She tells her deskmate that, like, she needs to let her sleep. She's in a really good mood because it's Saturday. And uh, she's excited about Saturday because it is her favorite day of the week. That was a little redundant, but that's okay. Uh, she goes to see that kid on Saturday, and she gets to read Full House, which I looked up. It was a drama also. <laughs> yeah. With uh, our Starring Song, mm-hmm. Song Hye Kyo yeah. and Rain. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I knew this, but I knew this. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. I think we probably looked it up together so. and independently so. at one point. Um, but I was, like, excited to see it, and I was always excited. I love seeing 90s. Yeah, it's uh, inside joke like, kind of. Like, shoujo manga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? yeah. 
basically um, i will say like the first like two (laughs) mentions before they like started bringing up that it was like a comic book i thought full house like yeah i was like like, okay full house 11 (laughs) are they like serializing the tv show in comic books what's going on she loves candace cameron (laughs) burke she just loves she is a fundamentalist christian i guess so (laughs) (laughs) too niche (laughs) she just loves the olsen twins um well now we know who the real olsen is who would have thought who would have thought i mean i think we just didn't really know about her then that's true but now we do maybe there'll be another one in like 10 years we'll get a new olsen hey babe new olsen just dropped (laughs) (laughs) so uh then we come to the first time that hito mentions the situation with the imf which was like a financial disaster kind of i had to read a little bit about it but i didn't remember anything Gotta bring i don't up the remember Wikipedia. anything right now. the only thing i know i think i've mentioned yeah. this on this podcast before is reply 1997 also set in 1997 yeah, yeah. talked about it so i knew the economy crashed big time in asia yeah because they like joined a an economy club <laughs> with like other countries Nerds. and they had to like pay pay a bunch of stuff it was crazy uh anyway she walks through a protest of people supporting the korean film industry and they all have little flowers. There's a lady who reaches a, the flower out in front of her and is like, you should join our protest. And she's like, no. She doesn't say no. I think she just walks by. Anyway, I said that I really liked this scene because of the flowers and the banner mm-hmm. that said, mm-hmm. oh, this is a good quote. The government is killing Korean films. Yes. Speak it. Uh, <laughs> and despite all these issues that she's only 18 and she's way too young to be worried about any of the stuff that is going on in the country right now she says the stuff i have can't be lost because she still has her dreams uh as she rounds the corner to Taeyang high school it becomes clear that her dreams are all about fencing she Ooh. dreams of becoming the rival of former olympic gold medalist ko yurin who practices at Taeyang. it turns out that she does need to worry because Aww. the fencing <laughs> the fencing club has been shut down because of imf the school has been shutting down all of their sports clubs, even the important ones like baseball. Aww. And so she she's up a creek without a paddle as Our far as gal. the fencing thing is yeah. going. Yeah. And so she's she's pretty shook. And to drive things home a little more, the fencing coach says, it's not like any of you are Ko Yurim. Yeah, he was so mean. I didn't like that guy. He was really mean. Uh... <laughs> And he blames it on the times. He says it's because of the times. Yeah. Like, they really they really dig a knife into that one and kind of keep poking it and, like, bring it up. But I still, I like it a lot. Because, yeah, like you were saying in the beginning, I think it it's something that I think in other times would feel really, like, cheesy and overblown. But in the modern era, yeah. it's like, I think we can kind of understand, like, sure, there are bigger problems. But when you're 18, 17, you know, and... And your favorite club, like your dream gets crushed. Like that is a huge deal to you. Like that is. And like the really little things matter. Yes, absolutely. And like just because they're a quote unquote kids problem doesn't mean they're not important. And I like that. Yeah, that it's stupid. It's all good. Um, So Hito is talking with an internet pal on the internet through I am. Injol me. Injol me. <laughs> Who asks her if she's going to give up. And she says that she'll never give up. But that she doesn't know what to do. Thanks, Rick. And Angel Me says that she should go to her world. 
part of your world. I, <laughs> it feels like you're cueing me. <laughs> I just wasn't really sure what else to say about that. Yeah. So Ooh, now okay. we're with a boy. Oh, go, do we go, wanna, go, Do we want to put in guesses on Angel Me? Yeah. Uh, I hope it's a you got mail situation. I mean, I know it's a you got mail situation, obviously. Do we or is it a fake out? Well, where she's going to meet the person and she's going to be like, I'm not upset that it's you. Mm, Okay, okay. I thought you meant like that. That's what I mean. uh, (laughs) Because they kind of like they're making you think they're making you think it's Yijin, I feel like. So that's why I think it's not Yijin. Yes, and that is very clear from the cut in the second episode where mm-hmm. he's, like, getting ready to go yeah. out, and he, like, turns his computer off. I think maybe it is uh, Yudin. Yeah, I I kind of think it might be Yudin, but then it's like, how would she not catch on? Like, maybe they're being very vague, but... Well, I think she's still just like, you gotta prove yourself, kid. Oh, like, she knows? It's, like, part of, it's like part of the, the psychological drama. Oh, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, I mean, there's only like 10 people in this whole cast, so it can't be that many people. I kind of think it's either like class president gal or oh, pretty boy. I don't know. Oh, pretty boy. P-R-E-W-T-Y. It could be anybody. I guess we'll find out. We will find out. But I like guessing if you can't tell, even if it's wrong. Or it's Dr. Song's daughter. Sticking with that guess. Wait, from the silent sea? Yes. Because I was so right about that last time. You know, I want to make that guess again. Wait, hold on. It's Luna? It's Luna. Well, it's the it's the world before I knew Luna existed. Okay. Maybe you... it's Captain Han's daughter. She's out of the hospital. She's she's however old. Like I know that the Senate Sea takes place in the in the yeah. future. Well, the reason that the future doesn't have water is because the end of the second episode they waste so much. Maybe <laughs> that's maybe the it's great a time drought. loop. <gasps> time loop. I hate time loops. <laughs> so now we're with a boy. <laughs> I'm gonna let you know that in my notes I just say the boy. The boy. Because we don't find his name out until 52 minutes into the episode. 53 minutes, actually. It's like 52 and some change. I looked it up. I knew, but I still said, now we're with the boy. The guy. The boy. Blah, blah, blah. So he's riding through town, delivering paper, and a man hassles him about being late to deliver the paper. And the guy, the little boy, the adult man, who's a boy... (laughs) (laughs) Says that it's his first day delivering paper and his last day being late. Which was kind of a power move. Yeah. And I liked it. Yeah, I, I was with him. Like, hey, it's my first day. Chill. Yeah. He was like, I got here early. But then some things it's happened. Still and fucked I'm up. Like, it happened. So sorry. <laughs> but like, this is the last time it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so Hito's mom, it, the grandma, who's now just a mom, she's watching the news while Hito cleans her foil, which is the fencing sword. Oh, Nice. Uh, and the lady on the news says that there was a gold drive. Is is this her mom? Yeah. Reporting on the news and they just recorded it? Okay, I didn't notice I just, until like, later. Didn't... Until she said she's a newscaster. And I was like, oh, wait, that was her. <laughs> like, is she just watching a playback of the news from last night? Yeah, I don't I don't know if that was, like, a reference. Because, like, maybe, maybe, like, if 
you, you like maybe that was how they shared the news. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't understand that either. Or maybe like if you didn't couldn't afford the news channels, but they seem pretty okay off. So I don't know. Yeah, they've got this beautiful house that clearly she keeps <sighs> through the show. Beautiful house. A beautiful house. I mean, can you imagine if your bedroom had windows into the living room? That's just excessive. That's a lot of windows. That's... You've got to pay to clean all those, too. <laughs> I don't know if there's glass, but, you know. It's just very, like, K-drama design. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um. So, the mom, when she's on the news, she says that there was a gold drive in Korea and that there were over 200 tons of gold collected, amounting to... 2.2 billion dollars this is to help the economy because they're they're really suffering under this imf thing uh hito goes to check her jewelry case and it's empty there's nothing in there we're not really sure what's supposed to be in there at this point but we do learn that it is probably her father's wedding ring well like no matter what i think it's a jerk move to go into your daughter's jewelry box and just take her jewelry without her knowing oh yeah it's absolutely a jerk move. And I would be furious if anyone did that. Yeah, I was on Hito's side. Yeah. Oh, so was I. Good. I said that this this mom doesn't seem anything like the grandma. The grandma no. seems really nice. Yeah. And the mom is kind of not. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess character development will happen. I hope so. I expect so. Body snatching something. Something like that. Um, and so the mom says that Hito should quit fencing since the school got rid of it, even though Hito wants to transfer to Taeyang High School. Mom gives Hito kind of a hard time about, because the girl who won the U.S. Open tennis tournament is only four years older than her. (laughs) Which, to me, this is also, like, weirdly relevant because we're experiencing the Olympics right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I used to really suffer with like not imposter syndrome like the like the the magnanimity of the nothing that i've done with my life being like oh these people are 16 and she's won a gold medal and it's like yeah sure but in reality that's all the person does so don't feel bad if you've never won a gold medal and you're older (laughs) than people at the olympics exactly well i think that's a really good observation yeah because like i think that that feeling really hits like 18 to 25 range of like, whereas yeah. before it's like, oh, these celebrities or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they're older than me. Like, this makes sense. I'll get there eventually. But then suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, like 25. New- that's ancient. Yeah. Or like, yeah, the, the hot, the, the biggest earning actress of the day or whatever. And it's like, she's younger than you. And like, that's just a really big moment in your life to be like, oh, gosh. OK, like I, I am. There. I have zero dollars <laughs> and she yeah. has a billion dollars i'm 27 years old no prospect no fortune i'm a burden to my parents and i'm gonna go marry this priest and i'm scared pride and prejudice baby a little a little 2005 (laughs) for you wow 2005 was a big year for media (laughs) twilight pride and prejudice Prejudice. was there a pirates of the caribbean movie that probably probably a transformers no that was later knightley was just taking over the box office she was the queen she never left uh oh we're back with our currently unnamed paper salesman who is outside their home keto feels that she's good at fencing and should keep going but mom disagrees mom says that she should just study and stop the fencing she admits to having sold the husband's wedding ring 
and says that it was just gold and that as a public figure, she's a news anchor, uh, she has to set an example. Clearly, Hiro feels differently about the wedding ring because she's really upset by this. And so she leaves. She's upset. She's standing outside the door, tears in her eyes when a newspaper flies through the air and hits their little peeing boy fountain. Right in the penis. This was so out of pocket. <laughs> and when it zooms in on the tip, I lost it. <laughs> like, I'm not even a man. <laughs> that <would> hurt. <laughs> so funny and like i thought i went to buca de beppo in like the third grade (laughs) (laughs) and they like had one they had like a little replica and i thought how inappropriate he's naked it's such a weird design choice in our human history but i I also love how you know it's just like my peeing boy oh no (laughs) she like has affection for him which i love yeah <laughs> but like no clue about anything relating no. to the statue she's so i love funny. her i love her so much <laughs> so she's obviously like in a bad mood because the wedding ring thing and the the fencing club being canceled and she's she just like yells um and the newspaper boy falls off his bike in shock <laughs> And then she goes down their little staircase and just yells at him. Uh, She's like, we don't take the newspaper. We have a sign that says we don't take the newspaper. Why are you giving us the newspaper? Um, And he's like, why are you upset? Oh, they go up to look at the fountain. I'm so sorry. I missed that part. (laughs) They go up to look at the fountain and he's like, why are you even upset? This is not the original. (laughs) And for it to fall, his penis to fall off like this, there had to be a crack already (laughs) like i couldn't do this this is metal i threw a paper the paper couldn't have broken the metal like this are you are you crazy i love the argument of like this isn't even the original (laughs) it's still my property (laughs) and she's like what original and he's like in belgium i do think that's like kind of a weird factoid to know but go off <laughs> right Eugen. well i guess to me it was telling us that he was not he's, really a paper boy that he has pre- <laughs> like maybe he was a fallen boy that he's he's so fallen f- on tough times and he used to <laughs> he used to do he used pouring to be, like, himself important. out with the papers <laughs> a fallen man he's a man of the evening now <laughs> I, we should harass men in the same way. I am for that. <laughs> um, and uh, so he's like, how much money do you want to fix it? And she's like, I didn't ask for money. I'm just like mad about this. I've had a bad day. Like, it's been a tough week for me. Uh, which, relatable. And it turns out the newspaper boy is new in town. I was going to try to fit a John Mulaney joke in here, but I was, I was watching I had my eyes on the drama and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't think of one. So just know, uh, there was going to be a John Mulaney joke here. Speaking of irreputable men. (laughs) Speaking of men who've fallen on hard times. (laughs) And so we discover that he is renting a space in a bigger house, uh, like a little room and, uh... Oh, that his family has gone bankrupt because of the IMF, 
And he doesn't know if he can go back to university, but he's done two years. He's just interviewed for a part-time job, which I thought was the paper, but then discovered it was not the paper. Yeah, no, that's just a, that's a side gig. But I guess he was, like, late, and I guess maybe he was late because he was interviewing for his other part-time job, which mm. we find out is at the comic rental place. It's a good place to get a job. I guess so. <laughs> part-time. Uh, so we have a little flashback to 1994, where he is rocking hard. He plays his little his little guitar. He doesn't play it. He has, like, three guitars, and he <laughs> plays some hardcore music. Oh, uh, yeah. Truly so cool. He lays down on his bed. Uh, I looked up all of these movies. They're not real. (laughs) I'm so glad you put in the work. It's a big room with lots of movie posters. He has six. He's not supporting. So if you consider six to be a lot. Korean cinema. Yeah. (laughs) Not supporting it. This is in direct contrast with the tiny room that he's in now. Mm -hmm. uh, Where the window is broken and the light pulley hangs low. (laughs) This is obviously quite the downgrade from the life that he lived before. Uh, The part-time job is at the movie and bookstore. Spoilers. (laughs) Where Hito gets her copies of Full House. I I don't know why. The focus on the light pulley really took me off (laughs) I thought it was funny because it was like, the same height as him? Yeah. I just like the idea that, like, that's the best way to judge someone's means is how high up their light police. is. Well, I guess he doesn't have, like, a light switch. Right, right, right. That's kind of what it said to me. It was like, yeah. you know, this is kind of a, a dinky little place. He's got to go to the middle of the room no, and, like, pull on the light. <laughs> For the single light bulb to come on so that he can see. I think I've just never considered it. It's like, you know, I was looking at pools. I was looking at three-car garages. I wasn't thinking of light pulley height, which I think you're right. I'm looking for my my peeing boy statue yeah, outside. The real one. <laughs> I'm moving to Belgium. <laughs> Their light pulleys are very high. <laughs> they don't even have light pulleys. It's a <gasps> switch. They just clap. Uh, so anyway, at the, at the little movie book rental place that Hito frequents they're all out of full house full house 11 that's the one she's looking for which is very upsetting and like if you've ever been to look for a book and they're out it's really upsetting if you're going to a library if you're going to the bookstore you know the feeling and uh our boy is going through all of the books and he's checking for damage (laughs) and uh there's this little bit where he's like is the snot on this book yours? You owe us money if that is the case. And she's like, that's disgusting. Why would I put my snot in a book? <laughs> it was really disgusting. It was pretty gross. Um, and she's like, you owe our family for breaking the statue. And he's like, okay, come by tomorrow and I'll give you your book. Because uh, it'll be back by then, I think. Uh, <laughs> as she leaves, he says, I guess she's still fencing because she's got all her fencing gear with her. Uh, he heard everything. Because you wouldn't think that he'd heard anything, but boy oh boy did he. Boy Delivering oh boy. the paper. I guess you hear a lot of a lot of trash talk. Trash talk. Nice. Uh, <laughs> he goes sneaking around at Taeyang High School, the school that she does not go to. And it's nighttime. She gets caught by the fencing coach, Yang Chanmi. She begs Coach Young for some guidance. And Coach Young says that her begging 
is bad, and so her fencing <laughs> must also be bad. Not fair. <laughs> Hito says that she isn't super great at fencing, but that she's familiar with fencing, and that sometimes familiarity can trump technique and good sense. Good argument. Uh, Coach Young says no. Hito is still oh. begging. Uh, Coach Young says that if she's serious, she's going to transfer. And then she's like, I'm not recommending that you transfer. <laughs> but, like, you you can transfer, like, like oh, if you shit. want to, and it'll prove that you want to do this. Mm-hmm. It was just a funny little exchange. It was really cute. I like their relationship. I like the coach a lot. Yes. I like her, too. Um, she has a very distinct nose. Yes. She's very defined. Which I think patient. probably comes because it is not a real nose. Yeah. But, you know, you do you. 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 (laughs) Hito says that if her mom won't help her with the transfer, then she'll have to basically get expelled for doing something really dumb. Uh, So she decides that she's going to assault a peer. Uh, She... (laughs) I love her. I'm just going to keep Specifically decides that the specific girl that she is going to assault is uh, a delinquent girl. It's one of the girls who was like, hey, doesn't she never come to school earlier? Oh, was? Uh, I didn't notice that. I think so. I'm pretty sure. I believe you. Because I think she had, like, the, the hair color, but I feel like so many girls have that hair color. It's a pretty girls. hair color. Mm-hmm. Well, she's, like, a child. She's, like, she's... She's 17, probably, right? Yeah. yeah, no, I was just saying, like, ugh, women. Ugh, girls. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> she's, like, walking down the air hallway on the path. And she bumps shoulders with this delinquent girl. And the delinquent girl is like, excuse me? And Hito's like, did you just hit me? And the delinquent girl is like, what? No. Aren't you an athlete? You need to be more careful. You need to, like, not run into people like this. You need to be (gasps) taking care of your body. Like, be, just be more careful. Like, you need to really keep yourself in tip-top shape. And he knows, like, that did not go according to plan. (laughs) What is going on? And so she decides that she is, she overhears the delinquent girl talking to her delinquent friends being like, oh, in the bathroom. They're in the bathroom now. They're, like, doing their makeup in the mirrors. They're, like, checking, checking their faces out. It's, like, a euphoria moment. Uh... And by euphoria moment, I mean the one clip of euphoria that I've seen where the blonde girl is, like, dressed like a country music star and they're all making fun of her. And then she has her little rant. <laughs> Have you not seen this? Nope. Sorry. You've lost me. <laughs> um, that they're they're planning on going to a fight. So that's what she overhears in the bathroom. Uh, and <laughs> so she follows them to the fight. She decides, this is the way that I'm going to do it. I'm going to get into a fight and the police will come and arrest me and they'll have to kick me out of school. Uh, she calls the cops before she goes to the fight. She says, there's a fight that's going to happen here. I'm going to the fight. Please come. And she goes and they're, they're tussling. They're getting into it. They're real mixing it up. The five girls from her school and the five girls from the other school. And, uh, there are these two boys there. Maybe men. I don't know. <laughs> two guys. <laughs> we'll call them boys. They're not in school uniforms. So we're just going to assume that they're adults. Um, and the head gang girl is like, you brought these two losers with you before they get into their tussle. And then they start to fight. Which is fair. uh, (laughs) Don't bring people outside of the gangs. It's not about them. Right. Uh, they're sitting on the stairs 
real cool. And uh, Hito comes in and she like finds an umbrella and she basically like fences with this guy with an umbrella. It was a very cool sequence. I really enjoyed it. It was very fun. Um, And so essentially she stops the fight because she's doing all these fencing things and they're like, oh, this is so cool. Let's go watch. (laughs) They're like, she's awesome. (laughs) And then the police come. And uh, the policeman, like, grabs her by the shoulders and is like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) And then he's like, good. And he runs after everyone else. And she's like, I should have run too. I wanted to get caught and arrested so that they'd have to kick me out of school. So I'd have to transfer. It's like, I shouldn't have ran up to them and been like, arrest me. That's pretty obvious. (laughs) It made me think of that scene in Avatar when Zuko's like, why am I so bad at being good? Except for she's like, (laughs) why am I so bad at being bad? (laughs) <laughs> oh, i love her it was really funny it was like a fun sequence it was it very was. fun i liked it i like yeah because it's um, one of those that like really does it contribute to the plot ultimately like no it's kind of no. filler but it's so fun and i think it tells us so much about her character and her character is just so enjoyable that it's like i'm not mad about it at all i loved it yeah yeah i feel like it kind of did build her it built her a little bit because uh, you know I, all i've heard about her fencing is that she's okay yeah, like I think she's it's... she's a decent fencer. She's got she's familiar with fencing at least. Yeah, I love that. Like that's the first time we see her fence is in this kind of like yeah. funny, kooky setting in which she's like defending people and like doing it in a very like her way. Like I really liked that. Like it's it was very fitting yeah. that that's the first way we see her fencing. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and so after she doesn't get arrested. <laughs> She's feeling kind of down about it. <laughs> so she goes, she goes to Taeyang to watch Yudim fence. Like she's got this girl scheduled down. Yeah. She knows when she's, she's going to be practicing. She's like a big fan. And so it starts to rain. Hito still has her umbrella and she's on the roof. Somehow she got up there and she, Yudim is, uh, on the ground level and she's like oh it's raining like i'm not prepared for this at all and so hito like opens the umbrella and she she drops it down this is so cute and she's like hey i have like this is for you yudim's like thank you stranger yeah which i don't know why hito hides here really i don't know why she hides either but i guess she's just nervous she can't do I mean, it. She's she loves Yudim too she, much. She wants her girlfriend to, like, be okay but not know that it's her, which was just so sweet. What I love, because this is the first <laughs> of, like, many moments where I think it's taking, like, very classic K-drama tropes that usually happen mm-hmm. between the male lead and the female lead. Mm-hmm. But it's happening between Hido and Yudim. And I just love that. I think uh-huh. that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, I feel like the show kind of wants you to be like, hey, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it, it's so, like, innocent because I think it's, like, if you ask, like, Hito, it's, like, who do you love most in the world? And she'd be like, you didn't. But, like, she doesn't think it in that way. Like, we know it's not like that. And, like, yeah. I, that's why I think it's, like, so <sighs> cute is that it's, like, it's so yeah. pure. It's, like, she just, like, loves this girl. Sweet. It's very sweet. She, like, admires her. She wants to be her. Or maybe I'm wrong. But maybe it is her like rival. That. I don't know. Maybe it's both. What's Yudim's last name? Oh. Go. Never mind. What? Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe they had a kid together. Wait, what's Hito's last name? I can't think of that now. Nah. 
Nah. Well, you can buy Na and No and you get. Or Na and Ko, you get. Ka. Ka. <laughs> and it's not Kim. Or No. No. Just No again. <laughs> no. They took it like, no, she doesn't have a last name. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's her last name? Mm, no. No. <laughs> oh, it must be Kim. Okay, we'll just say it's Kim. <laughs> so in her continuing efforts to get forcibly transferred, she decides to go to a club. And so she steals her mom's clothes and her makeup and she puts them all on. She looks like a party girl in the 90s. Uh, she cannot walk in these heels. <laughs> and so she's like hanging out in the club. She's she's complaining like, oh, well, why aren't there any police here to come and arrest me for being a minor at a club? There's a minor in the club. We should have the armed forces here. SWAT teams. Yes. And there's like a man in a club uniform, I guess, who comes and grabs her. I was like, who is this? This is Where's so random. Yeah, this I still don't so get it. so random. And he's like, come with me. And she's like, okay, are you taking me? Like, are you going to fucking arrest me? Or not, dude. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and they just go into a room with a bunch of adults, and the guy is here. <gasps> Our paper boy. <gasps> and he recognizes her from her yelling at him earlier. Uh, his friend is like, you're poor now. Like, feel bad about it. Yeah. Are you going to ask me for a favor? The favor's obviously money. Ha ha ha. Um, and our little paper boy wants to get Hito out of there. And he's like, you shouldn't be here. You're a freaking baby. I know you're in high school. Yeah. She, she keeps pouring. Was the drink whiskey? It looked like whiskey. Maybe. And like, that's the way you serve whiskey in the glasses like that. Whatever drink it was, she kept pouring it and he kept taking it and drinking it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you're not going to have a sip of this. You are, you are a baby. I'm only looking out for you, bud. Um, the friend, who's such a putz, threatens to call the cops, and Hito is like, please do it. Yeah, I want to get kicked out of school so bad. <laughs> and the paperboy is like, fine, we can all leave. And then he hits the fire alarm. And so that goes off. That was a and lot. And the club is evacuated. Yeah. It really was a lot. It escalated. <laughs> and he's like, uh, they, he pulls her away. They go up on the roof of the club and he's like you should read full house and home at <laughs> you should read full house at home instead of pretending to be a delinquent <laughs> and she's like i'm not pretending to be a delinquent i just want to get kicked out of school and this was my plan i was planning on coming here and getting arrested so that i could get kicked out of school and then uh transfer to the school that i want to go to so that i can fence and he's like this is a really stupid plan it's a very simple you plan come up with a different plan <laughs> i also i love that like i think it's very intentional that the actress like makes hito stand in a kind of like kid-like way that yeah. like makes her just seem so funny in this scene of like this is clearly just a child like dressing up <laughs> i am i am adult but also i am clearly minor <laughs> I am baby. I am baby. Please come and arrest me. And he says that the plan is really stupid because he put she put herself in a situation where adults could easily have taken advantage of her. And he says something that uh, was like, the imagination of kids is different than the imagination of adults. Yeah. Uh, which I thought played in at the end of the second episode a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in like a fun, jokey way, not in a serious, sad way. Yeah. So yeah. Hito complains about the... Yeah, 
uh, she complains about the last couple of days, how they've been really tough for her and everything. And we have a nice little flashback of him listening to mother and daughter arguing at their house. And he heard everything, clearly. <laughs> she she quotes her fencing coach and says the thing about the times are bad and wonders how the times are, uh, wonders how the times can be so grand that they can take away her dream. Hmm. The guy can clearly relate because like he's standing there yeah. tears in yeah. his eyes. He's like the times have taken my money, my dreams, my family, they've yeah. taken everything from me and like sometimes they do that. They sneak up on you and they take your whole life. Yeah. Uh he tells her that she failed because her plan was bad. And that she should come up with a new plan, which is what we already said that, but it happens here in the scene instead of where I said it before. (laughs) (laughs) It's still true. And then he's like, I owe you one for breaking your peeing boy statue earlier. Let's go get Full House 11. Full House. It's after hours. We're going to break into my workplace and steal your little book. He says he's 22. Hito's really surprised about this because she thought he was like 20 max. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, the noise she makes at that is hilarious. She's like kind I like of that she was like, <laughs> like if I had known you'd been 22, I would have been so respectful. But since I thought you were two years younger than 22. Yeah, exactly. Which is still older than I me. Thought, <laughs> yes. I was like not respectful. I thought you were just a little younger than you are. <laughs> and so... He says that even though her plan was bad, she had the right idea. He has a tendency to focus on the past, which isn't good. He asks what her name is because he has to log it in for work because she's renting a book. Um, okay. Uh, and again, this is our 53 minute mark. And we finally learn that his name is Bicky Jin. Netflix spelled it as Bicky Jin. Yes, in the <laughs> episode description. Also in the subtitles. Okay, because I noticed in the episode description for episode two, it says Backy Jin. <laughs> That's and so, so I looked it up. I was like, is this supposed to be Park? But no. Oh, that's embarrassing, Netflix. It's like so embarrassing. Whatever. Like, I know romanization is challenging. Like, with oh, weird. Korean we and Chinese really... specifically, because, like, on Asian Wiki, it's Bakijin. Wait, how does it really spell? Now I need to see how it's spelled. Oof. In Hangul. Well, here we go. Oh, it is Beck. It is Beck. It is Bakijin. Yeah. It's not back. It is Beck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on with Netflix, but they're in the wrong. Yeah. So anyway, after this little bonding moment, she says that she changes her mind and wants him to wants to start taking the newspaper, and she leaves him <laughs> at the so store. Cute. She's back at home and she's chatting with Im Jomi online. Uh, <laughs> Why do you say it like that. Do you know what that means? No, it means rice cake, a really soft oh, thing. Really? So the, the why the didn't way they translate go, it? It's really funny. <laughs> Because it sounds very much the opposite of what it is. <laughs> it's because it was all caps. Oh. Well, I like that she's also writer, like 357 or whatever. That's true. But they spell it like capital R. Everything else is lowercase. <laughs> <laughs> and so to me, like, that's even funnier. It was already really funny when it was just, Imjomi! Imjomi! Ah. Had a little tickle in my throat from all that yelling. <laughs> <laughs> from the powdered sugar on top of the injolmi. 
Uh, she says that she had the guts to get in trouble, but not to talk to her mom. She was fine with getting arrested, but speaking with her mother is a step too far. It says a lot about their relationship. Yeah, it really does. Uh, and then I guess they log off. <laughs> the next day, Hito does talk to her mother. She says, can I transfer schools? And, uh, Hito says that even though it might not seem like it, she's been trying really hard at fencing and she knows that she can get better. Her mom is like, oh yeah? And then comes back in with the clothes that Hito stole and says that they reek of alcohol and tobacco. Uh, where were you last night? You know, that whole shebang. Hito admits <laughs> that she went to a club, but explains that it was only to get transferred. <laughs> <laughs> and the mom is like, I do not believe you. Why would she not believe that? perfectly reasonable <laughs> endeavor i mean i think she should have been like you know i tried to get into a fight and it didn't work and yeah. i thought the best way to do it would be getting arrested for going to a club <laughs> as a minor and that was like a really funny thing about going to the club like i guess there was a lot of cigarette smoke because she just kept coughing <laughs> it was just cough 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 and i love that she didn't even the like try time. to enjoy it or have fun or like get a group together or anything she was just like i am here i am at the club Come and get me. I'm a minor at the club. Yeah. <laughs> Come get me, coppers, please. She's just so good. <laughs> so funny. Uh, the mom is like, you should try harder at school instead of messing around and reading comic books. Don't try hard at fencing. Go study. Hito says that her mother has always been distant and that Full House was the only thing that was there to comfort her when she lost a match because her mom never went to her matches. Uh, she says it took a lot of courage to talk to her mom like this. So, like, obviously she's been working on some things. Her mom is not someone that she even wants to talk to. Hito goes to rescue her comic book and mom leaves for work. The mom's handbag was beautiful. It kind of oh, looked yeah. like a Birkin, but, like, not really. 90s Birkin. Like a 90s fake Birkin. But also, like... They're going through a financial crisis. That's true. That's true. Sell your $20,000 handbag. But, like, Hito in this scene was just like so not like relatable um but sympathetic i think is the right word like i just yeah. i really liked how sympathetic yeah i liked how she was like this comic book was here for me when you were like like i felt that in some ways like you know it's like i think we yeah. all have that thing where it's like no this is not just a book this is not just a show this is not just music like this is this really means a lot to me and like that was i was really this cute my... especially when you're a teenager safety blanket yeah yeah Oh, uh, the mom drives to work after this. She goes and she drives to her place of work. <laughs> and she calls someone on the phone when she gets there, which was very mysterious. Maybe mm -hmm. she didn't go to work. Maybe she went somewhere else. She drove somewhere. She called someone on the phone. And I said it was mysterious. Because it was. Who was she calling? Indeed. Uh, and her name is Shin Jake Young. Jake Young! Jake Young! I was like, oh, another JK. JK. Big shouts to Boys Over Flowers Boba for not watching Flow. you, but, like, <laughs> ah. We still got a Jake Young. Uh, still got a Jake Young. And I guess she's still fancy, but this is, like, Jake Young and the mom had a baby, maybe. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, maybe this is what <laughs> happens to Jake Young when she gets stood at, up at the <laughs> altar. Oh, maybe. Spoilers. She doesn't go to America, like she says. She, <laughs> maybe that's she where she learns newscasting. Also, she goes back in time. <laughs> She finds a time machine. Cause there are many problems with this, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, 
So Hito is back at home. She's ironing her comic book and she's upset that she can't pay for the pages that have been torn out because her mom tore out some of the pages when she threw the book. Uh, she goes by after hours and returns the book in the book slot. Uh, little did she know, Yujin was still at work. And he <laughs> is like, I, no, I don't want this book. <laughs> I'm opening the door. And so he opens, like, the the up door, the, like, guard door. And uh, he, <laughs> he, like, looks through the book. And he sees that she's drawn in and, like, pasted a page of the missing artwork. <laughs> and she is so embarrassed. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> she cries. There are, like, subtitles for her I crying. I love that. that was you so funny. What she's saying. <laughs> It's been another tough day, and she runs away. Aww. There's this sweet little little scene after this where he's, like, looking through the comic book at the pages that she wrote, and she, like, spelled things wrong. It was so sweet. So cute. <laughs> so it was very fun. I love them. Uh, Hiro goes to Kochi Yang Who's he Cajun? at the school. What? She. It sounds like you said goes to cage. She goes to cage. She goes to Coach Young, uh, knowing that she hasn't actually transferred, but she asks to be tutored in fencing anyway. Uh, Coach Young is like, passes this test and throws an apple in the air and she skewers <gasps> the apple. Impressive. It was so cool. She's like, I'm going to show you my skill and she, she skewers the apple. Uh, and Coach Young is like, the first test, you pass. Uh, and then they're in an office. I guess it's Coach Young's office. Uh, they do, like, this little thing where they're, like, they have the money, and yeah. she's got, like, 600 won, and, uh, there's, like, an even-odd thing, and so she has the money in her hands and is, like, tell me if it's even or odd. She gets it wrong the first two times, and then she gets it wrong the third time, and she's upset, obviously. So she takes off her shoes. She takes all this stuff out of her bag. She's like, I'll give this to you if, like, I can try again. Uh, and she's also like, this has literally nothing to do with fencing. <laughs> <laughs> and Coach Yang is like, this actually does have a lot to do with fencing. Because fencing is, like, partly about skill, sure. But it's also about luck. And clearly you have no luck. <laughs> Fortunately, me, Coach Yang, I am lucky. So... I'll take you on as a fencing tutor, tutor person. Like, I'll, I'll take you on. It's okay, because I'm lucky enough for the both of us. <laughs> but I'm still going to take your shoes. <laughs> I'm still going to take your shoes. They're, uh, they're, they're supposed to be, like, Nike uh, Air Max 97s, just in case you were wondering. Oh, good. You know, this I really was. was. Me, me and my shoe culture, I was like, these are shoes that I've seen before. I forgot you're a it's shoe person. Nike Air Max 97s. So foreign uh, And to the me. ones that Hito is wearing usually is they're like fake Adidas superstars. They're fake because they have the two stripes, you can tell. Ooh. <sighs> so knockoffs. But like they should be wealthy enough to own real shoes, whatever. But I guess I feel she like owns 90s like Korea knockoff culture was like a big thing. Maybe. And she's like, these are legit shoes. So I guess the Air Maxes are real. Yeah, or maybe, yeah, maybe it's a little, like, wink-wink, because, like, they didn't, you know, no free sponsorship on yeah. this show. 
Maybe. Yeah, Nike didn't provide anything. Mm-mm. Oh, we get a flashback where Ko Chiang and Shin Jae Kyung know each other, and they're talking about Hido in the office. And Ko Chiang says that she has known that uh, Hido was Jae Kyung's daughter the whole time because <laughs> she saw Hido at her dad's funeral. And she's like, you weren't at your husband's funeral. Ooh. That was kind of sus. Yeah. These two clearly do not get along. No. They have a history, history and it's negative. Yep. And she's like, she can transfer. Like, it's fine. We'll put through the paperwork. But I'm still uh, going to steal so her Jake shoes Young- anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm still taking her shoes. That's so mean. She put that <laughs> poor girl through so much. <laughs> Jake Young is driving home and she encounters her daughter on the road. Hito is wearing plastic bags over her Trash. feet. <laughs> because she doesn't have any shoes. Oh, baby. And she's like, Hito, get in the car. And Hito's like, no, mom. Like, I'm not going to get in the car. And Jake Young's like, fine. I guess I'll have to pick out the size of your school uniform for mm-hmm. Taeyang High School. And Hito's like, what? <laughs> I'm going to Taeyang High School? <laughs> the next day, she catches the newspaper and yells after Yijin, telling him the good news. He Aww. seems to ride away, but actually stops just out of sight. And he's like, congratulations. <laughs> Emo boy. <laughs> congratulations, uh, Eric. <laughs> what a throwback. I can't believe that the first Jackson Wang reference we're going to make is not according to fencing. <laughs> this random inside joke we have. I didn't think about that. Ah! <laughs> I've been waiting. I was like, who's, which of us is going to be the first one to be like, the only fencer I know <laughs> is Jackson. Episode two. Um, I will say I like that the episodes don't have titles. I don't like when episodes have titles. I don't like when chapters have titles. So my regards. Honestly, I could go either way. I kind of wish that the episodes had titles, but Mm -hmm. I'm also fine without the episodes having titles. It's just a very wishy-washy Libra thing of me that I'm like, it's fine either way. (laughs) I kind of like it when they do have titles because it's like, oh, you can call it just the one thing, but also like... In real life, Twin Peaks didn't have any episode titles. Only in Japan did the titles, did the episodes have titles. I like how there's real life and then there's Japan. <laughs> I know that we've just started this episode too, but let me tell you. Twin Peaks in Japan is so much more interesting than Twin Peaks in America. Solely because Wait, of the Georgia coffee commercials. I mean, the TV show, Twin Peaks. Like the way it airs in Japan? No, like, they had episode titles, they had the whole Georgia Coffee ad thing, they did, like, an ad campaign. But, like, is it, is, is it a separate show? Or no, is it just... it's the same show. Okay. Just with more content. But they added episode titles? That's so random. Yeah, they added episode titles, and uh, they also had, uh, as I said, the Georgia Coffee commercials, which is my favorite thing. Where there's like I a don't mystery. Know what that means. I'll send them to you. Uh, it's like a okay. canned coffee brand, and it's like Agent Dale Cooper is like solving a mystery <gasps> in the commercials. Like these commercials are a series in and of themselves inside Twin Peaks. And he's like, uh, you know, I really need a cup of coffee. Let me crack open my cup of Georgia coffee, my Did can they get of coffee. Kyle McLaughlin? Yes. Wow. Like they're all of the actors. Wow. Yeah. I'll send them to you. Okay. <laughs> that sounds exciting. This is one thing to know about Allison. She loves Twin Peaks. I'm a, I'm a Twin Peaks nut. 
I mean, good for you. A freaky peaky. It's a vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In the present timeline, Min Che is gardening with her grandmother and starts to reveal some hints that she's been reading her mother's diary. She asks Jae Kyung about selling her wedding rings for the gold collection campaign and is surprised when Jae Kyung says she sold everything but those. Jae Kyung then shows Min Che that she still has both rings. Min Che is really bratty about it. Like, why did she not even check with Jae Kyung if they were actually sold about her mother? And Hido texts Min Che then, asking if she's coming back. And Min Che replies with a picture of the rings. <laughs> this is like such a teenager thing to do. It was really funny. It is. Then we get a transition scene with Yijin riding up on a bike, but the show still tells us in big vintage letters that it's 1998 in case we thought Yijin was some immortal ageless being, <laughs> a la Edward. <laughs> <laughs> we see the end scene from last episode again, and this time Jae Kyung comes out wondering who Hito is yelling at. She also notices that the statue is missing its tip and accuses poor Hito of doing <laughs> something to it. <laughs> going to clubs and touching the statue you didn't even like circumcise this poor boy you just took the whole thing off why'd you do it (laughs) she also insists on taking hito to her new school for the first day hito doesn't want this and i can see why all the school staff are fawning over jay kyung for being a public figure and they pretty much dismiss our gal hito this was like literally the opposite of gilmore girls (laughs) like this well-dressed mom takes her daughter to school at the first day after transferring and she's like well-dressed well put together she sits down everybody loves her um and also the daughter does not want her mom there so complete opposite of gilmore girls exact opposite did not sleep in late did not sleep in late got up probably a little early single mom single mom Received the newspaper. In a cute house that I am jealous of. Yes! Next, we get introduced to Class 7's pretty boy, Jiwoong. And basically, we learn he is very sarcastic and is besties with Ji Seung-wan, a girl who he's been friends with since they were in diapers. Also, all he needs is fans, and he can't date fans. Hido overhears this conversation and finds it amazing. She loves being at a co-ed school. (laughs) Hido goes to class, and during their break, Jiung introduces himself as the cool kid. Hido seems both shocked and delighted. Jiung asks if she's friends with Yurim, since they're on the fencing team together. He likes her. Hido insists she likes Yurim way more than he does. What does he like about her? Her techniques? Her speed? Her... I said her technique again, which she says something <laughs> else, but I'm dumber than she is. Her so. technique? Her speeds? Her technique? Her technique? Her speed? Her technique? <laughs> Her technique is basically the only reason I like her. Yeah, Hito really only likes the technique. She likes the technique so much that she was like, the technique? The technique? <laughs> oh, but you're wrong. Because Jiung answers he likes her image as a pretty girl. Hito thinks about it. I agree. She's so perfect. <laughs> Jiung didn't expect this response, but he's interrupted by the class president, who Hito correctly identifies as Sungwon, the diaper buddy. <laughs> I love how he's just like, she's pretty. And I love that he does just like, hmm, you're so right. (laughs) You are absolutely correct. She's beautiful. She's perfect. She gives Hido a school tour, Sungwan does, and she's quite the cool cat herself. 
It's finally time for practice. Hito runs to the gym and is introduced to the other members of the fencing team, two sophomores and two seniors. Yudim isn't there yet, and Hito is very distracted. She keeps looking at the door, like, yeah. When's my girl getting here? Oh, hold on, can we, I'm, pause. Uh, one thing about Sungwan on Wikipedia, it says that she is the class leader, comma, a modern day Joan of Arc. So many places they could have gone before Joan of Arc. What are the Joan of Arc vibes do we get? Is she a prophet? Is she dressing in armor? Is she leading armies? Is, Is she French? She gonna be burned at the stake? Yeah, I don't know. What's, yeah, like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, we have Nahido. Uh, she doesn't really seem controversial. A I don't, fencing I don't prodigy, uh, Bicky Jin, the eldest son of a Chable family that was destroyed by the IMF crisis, Gulyorim, Yurim. I'm so sorry. It's like written all normally in english she's south korea's youngest fencing gold medalist and nahito's greatest rival oh jiwoong that's the guy right Mm-hmm. the cool guy he's a former internet star oh and then we have jisung wan the class leader of modern day joan of arc so maybe it'll be something in the future that's <laughs> so yeah maybe we don't know yet maybe that's in episode three perhaps which came out today so yeah watched yet tomorrow's episode four Wow, but we don't know that yet. What do you mean we don't know that yet? We don't know that yet. We're acting like we don't know that. I just decided that. Okay, you can. <laughs> All right. I mean, we're not going to watch it is what I mean. No, I'm not going to watch it until yeah. later in the week. Honestly, probably next yeah. Sunday. Probably. <laughs> because I like to bring the vibes of having just watched whatever show it is into the episode. There's a lot of vibes happening. Yeah. Yurim finally comes in, and when Hito sees her, it is exactly like the classic K-drama scene where the leads see each other and fall in love, like all slow-mo with a song playing in the background. This is another one of those. Beautiful. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's just like a take on the trope, which I love. Coach Yang says the girls should play a match against each other, but Yurim insists she doesn't even know who Hito is, which, interesting. Mm. Hito enthusiastically introduces herself, but Yurim seems unimpressed. Coach Yang announces that Hito has three days to integrate herself into the team, and if she wins a match against Yurim, Coach Yang will give her shoes back, which she's currently wearing. The camera cuts to Yurim's shoes, which are old and dirty. I think they were Falcons. Oh, embarrassing. <laughs> no, not embarrassing. Those are nice shoes. They're just old. Oh. I have, oh. like, four pairs of Falcons. Just embarrassing. <laughs> the white ones are pretty embarrassing. They're kind of dirty. After practice, Hito finds Yurim in the locker room. She makes cute little small talk and says she's Yurim's fan and is so excited to be here. And how's her ankle doing after the injury? Yurim tells Hito she sounds like an idiot. And then she... Freaking loser. You yeah, dumb little it's, loser it's baby. Rough. You like me? It's Gross. I've never it's heard It's like nicer you. than she was. Um, and she says that Hito was only accepted to raise the team's budget from the school. She won't last long. Hito looks understandably crushed and asks if she did something wrong. Yes, Yudim tells her. You believe that you can do it and that you'll make it. Back there, I didn't say I didn't know your name out of curiosity. The fact that I don't know who you are in the small fencing community means you're nothing. You have achieved nothing as a fencer. And then she leaves. Which, um, why you always lying? Mm, my God. <laughs> yeah. Why you fucking lying? Yeah. yeah. How come? Why? Mm -hmm. How come? Stop lying. Stop lying. You're jealous. 
Because, yeah, at first I was like, that is a sick burn. Like, really mean. And she shouldn't have done that. But that's a sick burn. But now I'm just like, that was yeah. stupid. You're lying. And then, like, the rest of the episode came. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So that was a lie? Yeah, you, like, hung up on her. You were mean and for what? Which is very classic K-drama Um, that they have, like, a secret past connection. Again, usually yeah, the two I leads. they're in love. I think it might be. I think they're in love. Age-appropriate relationship. <laughs> <laughs> It is. And then, you know, like, as it went on, I was like, you know, like, couple. It could ge- go either way with, like, the couple, but, like, a thruple. Oh, thruples are in right now. Thruples are hot. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. That's kind of the way that I wanted, uh, like, now, upon reflection, on, like, second and third watch of Boys Over Flowers, I was like, Ooh. oh, well, like, yeah. John D. loves hanging out with Jake Young because they're besties and like they enjoy each other's company and oh, like they're having gonna... a good time together. <laughs> and like she loves either. Junpyo. She loves Junpyo because no, ew, gross. No, <laughs> ew. Uh, she loves Junpyo because they're like in love, like normally, and like he would do anything for her, even though he's kind of mean to her sometimes and like not the best. And like I think Junpyo and Jikyung, like, they get along really well, and one of their big contributing buddy-buddy factors is the fact that they're both in love, clearly, with the same girl, but also each other, kind of. Like, let's just... That's how you saw... I mean, I think our generation... Why not? Yeah, it was, like, so inundated with love triangles, and we just got so tired of it that we yeah, were just, like, I'm, like just, just do it. Solve it with all three of them together. Yeah, if it's such a hard decision... I don't care go for it just do it like solve it yeah i don't like but i'm glad we're on the same page oh, yeah. about this i mean i just i'd love if this drama that like so clearly marketed itself as like this love story between these two people was like psych lesbians <laughs> yeah like a fun way of ex- uh subverting my expectations yeah i am gonna say it's really interesting that uh tail from nct does the song starlight what which is part it's one of the soundtrack the it's true Prince. <laughs> <laughs> no Wait, uh but the hold on <laughs> here's the kicker is the sm song? had no involvement in the soundtrack yg plus had involvement with Whoa. the soundtrack this is blowing so it's my like mind. really random i have to so me. much to say wait i didn't know that was tail wait is this the song where they're playing the band on stage yeah and so they just Starlight. faked it the jungle prince yeah that's not that guy I guess not. I was so upset. I was the number one Jungle Prince fan. <laughs> Why did they show that? Why did they make a fake band and not even include Tail? That's so classic. Everybody always hurts Tail. It's funny. I'm upset. I don't know why they did he it. He never gets I the guess credit. Every time he's, he sings the no shit way. out of every chorus, and yet they never put him in the center during the chorus. And it's like, I know it's <laughs> Tail singing. And now they replaced it with some guy in a band and not Dosan. I almost called this guy Dosan. I almost called Yi Jin Dosan so many times in my notes because in startup oh, he was no. Dosan. And so I just like know him as Dosan. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, that really rocked my world. Yijin leaves his apartment and there's a high schooler waiting for him outside. A high schooler with an absolutely awful hairpiece. We find out he's Yijin's brother, Yihyun. <laughs> it looked really bad. It's so bad. I noticed it immediately and I was like, are they just going to like yeah, act like this so- is fashionable? But luckily they didn't. <laughs> I actually didn't notice it immediately. This is embarrassing. Like I saw the kid and I was like, oh, it's like a kid. Yay, waiting for 
waiting for the guy. And then I saw it and I was like, is that a birthmark? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be rude about like, it. Like, I guess, like, very inclusive of them to include this boy with this <laughs> big birthmark <laughs> on his face. You thought it was some kind of, like... Well, like, I know a lot of, you know, a lot of, they're just, like, pretty, pretty people with nice skin and, like, having a big birthmark yeah, on yeah, the side yeah. of your face maybe is not, like, the prettiest skin moment. Um, and then I realized it's it was not, his yeah. hair, and I, then he was like, it's a hair piece, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I love that you're like, wow, it's so nice of them to include this non-conventionally attractive person. <laughs> oh, wait, no. <laughs> Like, I would have been fine if it were a birthmark, but knowing that it was a fake hair piece, I was like, oh, good. Uh, This is an intentional I won't have to look at this ugly hair. Yeah, so the hair is actually to cover a scratch on his cheek. And Eugene begs him not to go astray. Beg. (laughs) Yeah, I I like that. (laughs) Full Southern. Where Um, are you from? um, North Carolina. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) I like how I was like, I I need to pick a place that's in the north because that'd be funny. And I went with North Carolina, (laughs) which is just north North of here. North (laughs) Carolina. It has north in the name. It's Yankeeville, practically. (laughs) Uh, And Yi Hyun insists he's not going astray. Some kids were just mocking him for pretending to be rich when his family went bankrupt. But he promises it won't happen again. (laughs) And it's fine. Yijin in turn promises that once he makes enough money, he'll have Yihyun come stay with him so he doesn't have to stay with their aunt any longer. Then he tells his brother that he was heading to Yudim's snack shop. Yijin goes to a place called Elephant Snacks, which seems really fun, and speaks to Yudim's yeah, mother. Thought, I was like, did they like mistranslate something? And then I was like, oh, this is her mom. I know. What a little shocking reveal. Like as this show goes on, it keeps revealing that like everyone's connected. Yes. Everyone's connected. She's extremely happy to see him. She's been very worried. She feels awful for his poor family going bankrupt when they were such good people. Yijin apologizes. And that- then, I, like, during this part, I'm so sorry to interrupt. No, no, I was please. like, was she a maid? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how does she know them? I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't quite catch, like, the whole Yudim connection. Yudim. Yeah. Yijin apologizes that Yudim had to lose her sponsor. But Yudim's mom hits him. How do you think she got to where she is now? Yijin argues that Yudim got there all by herself, which is sweet. Good boy. Very sweet. Supporting supporting women. Supporting women and their love for each other. Yes. I'm like, maybe sometimes he can, like, join in because yeah. he loves them both also and they also love him. <laughs> it's the ideal situation. The ideal situation. Just two single gals wanting two people to love them. <laughs> so then we see Yijin waiting for someone outside of the school it's Yudim and she doesn't seem all that happy to see him she tries to walk away she's upset because they're apparently quite close and she told him about so many things all her struggles and the pressure she felt for the Olympic Games and he didn't tell her about any of this she starts to cry because what is she to him Yijin tries to laugh it off but Yudim explains she was worried about him Yijin gets serious I'm sorry it was difficult for me I was scared and afraid, and I still am. Hilariously, Yudim hits him. You were supposed to say you were fine. She's still crying and clearly was very worried about him. Which I thought this was really sweet. Like, I like, I love the, like, I'm mad at you because you didn't rely on me. <laughs> I think that's really cute. <laughs> who should come around the corner then but our gal? Yijin sees Hido, who awkwardly kind of runs away, and he finds her sulking at the bus stop. 
Hito tells him she wasn't aware that he knew Yudim. He suddenly feels so distant. She's on the same team as Yudim now. But Yijin doesn't react to the news. Isn't he surprised? Yijin tells her he heard her this morning, and he also replied. Hito is clearly thrilled, but is upset she didn't hear a thing. Their relationship is very cute. Because <laughs> he goes like, congratulations. Yeah. All right, time for a bus scene. It's a twist on a classic. Ooh, yeah. Hito actually lets Yijin sit to show respect for the elderly. She asks how he knows Yudim. Are they dating? Yijin wisely says that high schoolers should date other high schoolers and adults should date other adults. I'm filing this line away for the future. Don't let me down. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that was very pointed. I feel like the show was trying to say something there. Yeah. Then why was Yudim crying? Hito has never seen her cry, even when she won the gold. Yijin says she cries a lot, but only in front of him. Unlike certain people he knows. And we cut back to our when our poor gal had the full house breakdown. <laughs> But Yijin tells her he likes that she doesn't hide her tears. Then the bus slams on its brakes, and Yijin snatches Hito's backpack like she's a little dog on a harness to keep her from falling. <laughs> then he gives up his seat to her for athlete protection. <laughs> I just love that everyone in the show is like, you are an athlete, I, I'm taking you seriously. Like, I need you to protect your health and your body. What are you doing? You're putting yourself in the position to get injured? No! Yeah, I'm... Sit down. I'm, like, surprised that, like, a high school sports team, like, they're able to miss class regularly to practice, which I don't know if yeah. that's just because, like, maybe, like, Korea's, like, knocking it out of the park with the fencers since Yudim. And so Perhaps. maybe it's just fencing, but I, I, maybe that's how it was. Maybe it's, like, if you did sport, you didn't have to go to school. I don't know. I mean, I would have done sports if I didn't have to go right? to Right? Would have changed my whole life. Yeah, on the other hand, uh, little high school theater di- diatribe, I'm so sorry. Always love uh, it. Gotta have one junior year when we were doing ual no senior year when we were doing ual no junior <laughs> year matters. when we were doing ual my math teacher got mad uh because i was missing class so much for ual and she was like tell miss morgan to stop mm-hmm. having you miss class <laughs> and then she found out that i was doing the state thing at ut for finals uh-huh. Where, like, only two people from each school sometimes maybe get in and, like, you have to apply and, like, submit all your credentials and stuff. She found out I was doing that and she was like, I'm so sorry. Ooh. I'm so upset. Wow. Like, wow, please, that's very rare. Miss class. <laughs> I know. That's like, good. this yeah. is an honor. I know. Teachers it's always, like, like yeah, beef about that. Like, if you had to, like, stay after for, like, some other class, they'd always be like, why? Why did they get you? It's like, I don't know, man. Well, because, like, I'm struggling in that class, too. Yeah, like, like, I want to do well in that class, too. Like, you're not my only priority. I'm a child. (laughs) I am baby. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I have to wake up early to come to this place that I don't like. Yeah. Yijin goes home, and we see that his landlady's daughter is, in fact, Sungwon, the class president. Of course it's all connected. She requests that he shower at a different time in the morning since it's affecting her water pressure. And I quote, good water pressure leads to happiness. And I highly doubt that they were intentionally making a dirty joke, but if they were, that's hilarious. Not enough female (laughs) masturbation jokes in the world. (laughs) I say. (laughs) Maybe this is what makes her like Joan of Arc. ask you to expand on that <laughs> i was gonna just gonna say uh, like maybe she wakes up early maybe joan of arc woke up early <laughs> anyway yijin is a nice guy and agrees to showering later and he also thinks sungwon is very cool 
At practice the next day, Hito feels awkward with Yurim, who ignores her while greeting everyone else. It's understandably- Wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is, I, this is absolutely not on topic right now. That's okay. So earlier I looked up the peeing boy statue. I was like, I was thinking about this earlier. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, and so like, there's the, the little peeing boy statue. Hold on. Let me, I typed peeing with uh, three E's. Peeing. Just in case you're wondering. Peeing. Monikin Peace. That's what it's called. Uh, little Pissing Man. <laughs> That's my nickname in high school. <laughs> there are a couple other ones like throughout Europe. Uh, statues inspired by Monikin Peace in, uh, in, in Europe. There are two in Brussels. One of them is called Het Zineke. I don't speak this language and so it is like a dog peeing on like a fire hydrant or something okay that's classic and then there is another one called g-necky piece <laughs> and it is dutch for little pissing joan <gasps> like joan of arc peeing really <laughs> yeah i think so is Sungwon the statue um, <laughs> I don't know that it, it is actually Joan of Arc, but, like, this just, like, it all connected all in connected. my mind. I was like, oh. We, we are Dr. Song with the whiteboard and the marker right now. We are connecting all the dots. Uh, yeah, I felt like, I felt like my mind was getting, like, electrocuted by a, by a, stro- by a lightning bolt or something. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, everything's connected. This is weird. Uh, anyway. The that's, layers are overlapping. That was, no, that was a great. I'm glad, I'm glad to bring that, that up right here. was a perfect here. diatribe intermission there, yeah. Little pissing Joan. Little pissing Joan. That's what she, we should, we'll call her that now. A modern day <laughs> little pissing Joan. <laughs> so it's understandably hard for Hido since she had imagined being besties with Yurim and now they're enemies. Not even frenemies. She even felt closer to Yurim before she even met her and she feels sorry for the part of her that looked up to Yurim. She tells all this to enjoy me in the chat room. <laughs> I'm trying to continue. The energy. Enjoy me! Surprisingly, enjoy me! Asks if they want to meet up. They want to be there for Hido in person during this. Hido worries their relationship will change if they meet up in person. And enjoy me... Enjoy me! Agrees. Is like, yeah, it will. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. it will. Our and relationship is going to change. Also, like, immediate in my mind, like, red flags. Like, do you want to meet up? Boop, boop, boop. Not good. Don't do it. Don't meet up. Yeah, like, stay away, stay away, stay away. Gonna have a weird mustache. <laughs> But Injolmi thinks they'll like each other even more than they do now. With a smile, Hito turns off her monitor, and we cut to Yijin doing the same and pulling out a suit jacket, which, you know, I, ah! I think is a red herring. I think it's... I think it's I agree. Herring. The next day, Hito is rushing to use the bathroom, but it's inside the building of a math academy, and the door is locked, and to get the code, she has to solve a math problem on the door, like it's the freaking Ravenclaw dorms or something. Hito yeah. is freaking out. I, I hated this. I felt so bad for her. I know. I thought it was so funny. She's about to be like a little pissing Joan. And... <laughs> I'm like, she's got she's to gotta hold it in. There's a lot of peeing in this show. I've just, I've just, <laughs> just realized. This show is big for the, the, the folks into water community. sports. Yeah. Not, just, not just fencing. Also water sports. <laughs> So Hito is freaking out, but then a voice tells her the answer. It's Yijin, looking swanky in a suit. 
Hido looks hilariously freaked out to see him there, but the code is correct. She's impressed that he solved that in his head and hurries inside. Afterward, Yijin is still outside and Hido asks what he's doing there. He had to print something out for a job interview, hence the suit. Hido is still mad at the bathroom. It's not fair to athletes like her who can't solve math problems. Yijin tells her Dumb it's not jock. because she's an athlete that she's bad at math. She's just not bright. She, Hido suddenly <laughs> understands how Yijin is friends with Yudim. <laughs> you're not bad at math because you're a jock. You're bad at math because you're stupid. I love that. He's like, don't blame that on athletes, man. That's on you. <laughs> All right. It's time for the big match. Hido versus Yudim. Oh, yeah. The first to 15 points wins. The match commences, and although Yudim stays in the lead, Hido is holding her own, and the other members of the team seem to be impressed. Yudim seems to be taken off guard, and we flash back to five years ago to when Hido beat Yudim at a competition when they were kids. This was when everyone believed Hido was a prodigy, and Yudim is upset because she couldn't score at all. She admits to her mom that she was afraid of Hido. Back in the present, Yudim rallies herself, and the match continues. They're tied, 14 to 14, one point to go. They charge and Hido wins. Yudim is in shock and barely even shakes Hido's hands. Hand, just one hand, not them both. Both hands. Both hands. (laughs) As is the custom. (laughs) Later, the team is meeting and Coach Yang asks Hido if she studied Yudim's moves. Hido tells her that she didn't study for the match. She's just a fan. Coach Yang asks Yudim if she knows why she lost. It's because she doesn't know Hido. High school athletes have the advantage over her because they're not well known. And that's one of the reasons Yudim was able to win the gold medal at the Olympics. That's why she put Yudim in a match against a newcomer. Everyone already knows Yudim's moves, so she needs to work hard to overcome this. Which, like, kind of a diss. To Hido? Kind of felt like a diss to me. And then, like, yeah, and, like, having this backstory now that, like, she's already lost to her once. And sure, they were kids, but... I guess one of them has not progressed much. Yeah, that was really interesting. Because, like, that kind of made me think, like, Hido's a bit of a jerk to not remember Yudim. But also, like, she was a child probably facing a ton of people at that time, so. Yeah. She was a prodigy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think it's it's interesting. Like, it's a classic K-drama to have the little secret history. Yeah. As she's leaving the locker room, Hido tells Yudim that even though she knows Yudim doesn't like talking to her, it was an honor to play against a gold medalist. Why do you like me? Yudim wonders. Hido gives many technical reasons, and also because you always win. Yudim disagrees. You'll have to accept that you're no good if you want to hate me. I guess it's easier to like me than to face reality. Hido gets sort of mad. What do you know about my feelings for you? Stop the nonsense and take care of your ankle. I know you were playing it safe because of that. She's getting big mad. (laughs) Yijin is at his interview, but it's not going well. It's for a cleaning position at a hotel, and the hiring manager finds Yijin's suit sus. He thinks he's going to start a union, raise a little communist revolution. Oh, no. As someone who used to... Sorry. It was really close to the microphone (laughs) when I said... Oh, no. Oh, no. Might fuck around and start a union. As someone who used to be an engineering student at Yonsei University, he's way overqualified. No job for you. Yujin Yujin returns home. No. Yijin. (laughs) Too many words. Yujin returns home dejectedly, and Sungwon tells him someone came by earlier looking for him. The person started banging on the gate, which scared Sungwon, so please make sure it never happens again. We're in class with Jiung and Sungwon, and we find out Jiung is making a music video for his band. So cool. He's a former internet celebrity. 
I didn't know that. We didn't know this yet. This is news. Uh, no, we knew it because uh, I told you because of the thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Wikipedia. On the Wikipedia page. Just like we know that... Uh, <laughs> What's her name is a modern day well, you know, honestly, but I think that that's probably in the future. I don't, I don't think tr- that that's now. I don't trust this information based on that. Because <laughs> like, there's not really much of an internet in the in 1998. Like, <laughs> it's still a baby, so he can't really be a former. Someone's internet fucking star with the Wikipedia. Maybe. So he has this new technique, which involves him filming while riding on a skateboard. While demonstrating, he almost hits Yudim. Jiyoung takes the opportunity to introduce himself, and Yudim knows him as the pretty boy from class 7, but he doesn't look that pretty. Jiyoung is underturned. <laughs> Undeterred. <laughs> he is underturned. He's what like a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> oh my god. And he tells her to just wait and see. Yudim walks away, and Jiyoung's friends come over to hype him up, and she's like all smiling, like embarrassed, but she's kind of into it. It's very cute. Hido gets her shoes back from Coach Young thanks to her victory. Coach Yang congratulates her, but Hido says it was just like the coach said. She won by chance. This upset Coach Yang. Stop looking down on Yudim. No one has ever won against yeah, her coach by Yang chance. Coach Yang is like, you did not win by chance. Like, this was not your luck, which is bad. This was not my luck, which is good. Exactly. This was skill. I liked that. I liked her being like, no, no, no. Because, like, you kind of being bashful and being like, oh, yeah, I just, like, that also degrades your opponent. Like, I thought that was a good point. Yeah. Who do you think you are to say you won by chance? Don't belittle yourself like that or I'll kick you out, understand? Hido agrees and Coach Yang tells her that she beat a perfect player. So Hido is perfect in at least one way. Her strength. Thumbs up. Continue to eat well. She also gives (laughs) Hido something to take to the broadcasting club. That just really got me. What am I, playing Mystic Messenger? (laughs) Eat well. Have you Have eaten you today? Eat? It's 2.30 That's the next PM. thing. She's going to start getting getting freaking pager messages. <laughs> Have you eaten today? Have you eaten today? Have you eaten today? Like, the day's been five minutes long. Your Tamagotchi's going to be like, hey, I've eaten. Have you? <laughs> I need to eat today. Yeah, I was like, I saw the Tamagotchi and I was like, this does take place in the 90s. Yeah, he's, it's like very I much forgot, like. But then I remembered. 90s reference, guys. Did you get it? It's a reference. Yeah. A Tamagotchi. <laughs> My Tamagotchi died because uh, I was irresponsible as, like, a child, and my mom put it on top of the fridge. She wouldn't give it back, and so my Tamagotchi died. <laughs> That's crazy. Wait, like, you were doing it too much? She was like, time out? I guess, or something. That's Maybe funny. I, like, misbehaved in another way, and Aww. my mom was like, you can't play Tamagotchi anymore. You're gonna kill and him. so it died. It's a big responsibility. Yeah. It takes place in real time. I have to feed it. You don't understand. Hido is delighted, and she runs off. She finds Sungwon in the broadcasting room. Hido's never been in there before, so she asks to take a look around. She finds a bunch of old lunch announcement tapes, including one by Baek, Ye- by Baek Yijin, or Baek Yijin. She wonders if it's the Yijin she knows. Sungwon doesn't seem to connect this to her neighbor, but she does know that Baek Yijin used to be super popular and rich and handsome and amazing. They listen to the tape, and Hido recognizes the voice, but she remarks that it sounds different, much more cheerful. Because he's lost so much. I know. This part's really sad. <sighs> this was really sad. We flash back to 1994 when Yijin was actually recording the announcements. He's young and happy and in a band. The band that sings the intro, although apparently not. Apparently that's tail. <laughs> I've been lied to. I was like, this is the most 90s thing this show has done yet, was have like the band moment. <laughs> Everybody's like, the band. <laughs> yeah. 
We're dancing. We see time passing in happy memories. Yijin getting a car as a graduation gift from his father, him driving it around, and having girls throw cell phones inside. A very common experience. Life is good. On, like, uh, it was like Korean Rodeo Drive or something. <laughs> yeah, Pukuchang Rodeo. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. But then the financial crisis happens, and Yijin returns home to his parents' belongings being repossessed, and his dad wants a divorce so his wife won't get caught up in his debt, and Yihyung has to go away for a while. The family is falling apart, but Yijin's dad promises to take care of it. Yijin wonders where he should go, and we see he's joined the military, but seemingly right away he gets an exemption because of the family crisis. His father's company has declared bankruptcy. His commander tells Yijin to go and take care of his family. Back in the present, Yijin is rejected from another job. Just rubbing it in. Too overqualified. Too he did two years of university. He wants to be a spaceman. That's another thing. Like, I don't really ship any humans with anyone. Uh, you know, actually. Like, I do, but not really. Because the thing that I ship the most is our leading man and space. <laughs> in like, basically any K-drama I've ever watched. I bring the... Okay, Let's save this because this is absolutely a discussion I want to have because this is a discussion we have had before, just like off the record. We've had many this discussion times. before. <laughs> yes. So Hido drops by the bookstore to give Yijin something, but the owner tells him to find him at home. Also give him something he left behind at the store. Hido heads out with directions from the store owner, and when she arrives at Yijin's house, she hears yelling. Inside the courtyard, two men are demanding that Yijin tell them where his father is. One man says he had to sell his house because of Yijin's dad. Presumably, these are former employees from Yijin's father's company who were hugely affected by the company shutdown. That was my takeaway. Yeah, it was my takeaway too. Good. But I was also like, why are you complaining to this about... Right? To this, like, kid... To the son of the guy. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I thought that was so dumb. I mean, I guess they're, like, really desperate yeah. and, like, I get that. Although, the one man is, like, real dramatic. He acts like he's getting eaten alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is tough. <laughs> it was goofy. And, like, I don't, I guess I don't really understand the extent to which, like, did Yijin's dad, like, genuinely, like, rip people off? Like, lie to people? Or Maybe. is it just, like, you know... He kind of like, like my former employer stopped paying me because he went bankrupt. Right. Or is it just like that's kind of like the way the cookies crumble and it really sucks. And like, obviously, like he has some kind of responsibility as the one who runs the company. But like, it's not like he did anything directly wrong. Yeah. Morally wrong. Who knows? I guess yeah. we'll find out. We'll see. Maybe. So Yijin looks ashamed, but he honestly tells them he doesn't know where his father is. One man seems to understand, but the other man is so upset that he continues to berate Yijin, who promises to try to earn money to pay them back. The man is not mollified, yelling that there's no way Yijin can make enough money to pay for that. He starts shaking Yijin and has to be pulled away. Through all this, Yijin just keeps apologizing. He promises that he will never be happy again. I'll spend my entire life thinking of all the pain you're going through. I am truly, deeply sorry. Eventually, the men leave and... <laughs> this whole thing was... So goofy. And was, the one man was like, we can't do anything. Like, this is as far as it goes. And then they're leaving and the one guy has his hand <laughs> over his heart. Like, he's about to have a heart attack. <laughs> and, like, this is after he raises his hand and goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this is just too much. So, eventually, the men leave and Yijin sees that Hido is standing there and that she heard all of that. She tells him she's there to give back the 3,000 won for the comic book. 
Yijin asks if she can give him something else in return. As you can see, I'm tired of talking about money, which I thought was very sad, but a very good line. We zoom in to see that the thing Yijin left at work is a cover letter that only says, my dream is... Nay. Nothing else. He has no dreams. Yeah. Uh. Almost like Kim min And This was a world before BTS, so he doesn't get to be berated for it yet. Yeah. And, like, why would his friend berate him for it? Yeah. His little buddy. Yeah. She'd be like, it's okay, guy. His little buddy. I have a dream, and my dream is to be the best fencer. Yeah. But like, I you don't have to Can't have relate, but... As payment, Hito buys him a slushy taking 1000 won off her debt she also gives him the cover letter back yijin tells her to throw it away but hito folds it up and pockets it she asks what his dream is and yijin asks what's hers hito answers it's to become yudim's rival yijin used to have a dream to go up to space and the way i wanted to throw my computer because no no more space on this podcast <laughs> also K drama bingo male lead love space <laughs> <laughs> because every time it's just so they goofy. always love space they always have a telescope they're always like i'm really into space there's like it's like why why is this your interest it's like every time anyone writes a k-drop and they're like we need to have a boy who's interested in something that's just like everyone will understand everyone accepts it it's cool but it's also a little nerdy but like you know it's not space yeah, space i love space i want to go to space like there's no copyright on space there's no copyright on space he's not into brand cars brand shoes brand music he doesn't care about brand franchise of yeah films or like a comic book he is interested in one thing and one thing only and that is outer space. science fiction star wars star trek leave it no no us he doesn't want to live in a science fantasy world or in the perfect future he wants to live in, in space oh. <laughs> he also i guess wants to probably live in a society i don't know <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I think this is like the fourth or fifth K-drama that we've talked about that has this trope. Which, like, why is it so prominent? <laughs> That's like a whole other podcast. What's with the boys in space? I want to do that podcast one day. Just like discussion. All the boys who love space. <laughs> the boys in space? To all the boys who've loved space before. You know, I guess it makes sense with the one that's like my boyfriend, the alien or whatever. He who came from <laughs> yeah, the stars, that- whatever it's called, with the... With like he's an alien, so of course he loves space. But uh, I think in that same guy, but in uh, it's okay. It's not a no. It's okay to not be okay. There's too many. It's okay dramas. Does he love space I in think that? So. And like the little brother in uh the space alien show, he is also like, oh yeah, I love looking at my telescope. I love looking well, at and the of moon course, with my telescope. Classic Junpio. Junpio fucking loved space. Yeah, <laughs> he really did. <laughs> that was like his one thing. He was like, I love space. My dad used to take me to look at space. My dad used to take me to space. In our telescope. Before he's in a coma. Before he was in this coma. <laughs> and he gives John D the, the little star yeah. necklace. Like, he loved space. He's a space guy. He's a space guy. Ugh. And then I'm sure in, uh, God, Secret Garden, was there a space? Probably. Did he like space? Probably. I'm sure there's some historical drama where they're like, ah. That's the sky where the gods live. I love looking at the sky. <laughs> I just love tracking the stars <laughs> as they move throughout the heavens. In our I'm a space heliocentric nerd. solar system. So sad about Copernicus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, he, he wants to work for NASA. 
or he wanted to before his dreams got crushed. And hilariously, Hito just kind of sits with that. And then Yijin is like, you have no idea what that is. <laughs> Hito argues that she does. It's where you build spaceships and go to space. She's impressed with how smart Yijin is and how popular he used to be. She knows he went to her school and she listened to his radio tape. He sounded like a different person. He didn't sound like the Yijin who promised to never be happy again. They sit in silence for a moment and Hito worries that she spoke too recklessly. But Yijin says he likes that she's so reckless. She reminds him of himself at 18 and he desperately wants to return to then. He misses the things he used to worry about. Having too much homework, scary seniors at broadcasting club, making a mistake on stage, or the girl he liked not liking him back. Those kind of things. And I love this little sentiment. I think it like perfectly encapsulates the nostalgia I feel about like a good childhood. Like there are obviously exceptions yeah. and kids for sure go through real things, but that's like part of the beauty of youth is that there are, these yeah. are the only things like you have to There's, worry like, about. like these stupid inconsequential yeah. things. And like, sure, Hito like has a very real dream and has very real struggles to reach it. But compared to what Yijin is dealing with, it's not dire. And I think it's like, it's wonderfully yeah. mature that I think she also recognizes that. Yeah. Because like, we talked earlier about like, you know, teenage struggles are still real. And like, that is absolutely true. But like, I think it's, it's like a both and situation. Because it's like, it's the difference between like, your dream getting crushed and like, you know, Yijin like might not have money to survive kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, I look back at my youth and I'm like, oh, I, I think it's so funny that like the most important thing to me when I was 15 was like, oh, <laughs> like this boy doesn't like me back. Well, I didn't get the part like, I wanted I'm... in theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what's going on with my extracurricular life and like my grades right. are okay. But like the thing that I'm like really worried about is like my social stuff. And, like, now looking back, I just think it's really funny that I was so concerned about right. it. Right. And, like, I don't know, because it, it's also, like, yeah, like, of course I was. And it's, like, I think that's wonderful and it's lovely. And it's, like, so much better than, like, now I worry about, like, inflation and, like, things that it's, like, it's really not fun to yeah. worry about, you know? Yeah. So. Like, you have to be worried about employment opportunities. Yeah. Like, politics. You got to worry about so much more. Yep. Like, as an adult. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But, like, I think there's, like, a wonderful, like, also cross-section where it's, like, the the economy, the politics, all of that, like, has affected teenagers and, and yeah. young people. And, like, that, oh, my God. Okay. Amber Alert blaring in my ear. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was really scary. Um, and that, um, and, and like, so, like, the, 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 the adult issues are affecting teenagers. And, like, in some ways, that's all the more sad. Like, that, you know, it's, it's hurting their youth that, like, should be carefree. Yeah. Yeah, but it's making it challenging and i guess that's probably something that like the youth of today can relate to a little bit for sure because it's like maybe even a lot right, of right like on the surface it's just like oh no well you don't get to like see your friends or like go to prom or have like a normal graduation or whatever like you know it's not it doesn't seem super consequential but like when you think about it it's like that's those are huge milestones and like people have really good memories yeah, there and like, like they've probably been looking forward to those for a long right, time and like kids should and, have like, that and like it, it, yeah it is a big deal in its own way you know <laughs> it's a yeah. both and situation Yes. Shout out to the kids, the youths. Big ups to the youths. <laughs> I am a cool mom. Hope you're having fun in school. <laughs> Stop listening to podcasts and go study. Or listen to podcasts in your spare yeah. time. You don't have to study all the time because that's not fun. Hito suddenly stands up and tells Yijin to come with her. She takes him to her old school, to the water faucets on the sports fields. 
She turns one upside down. I like you like I call those sports fields. What sport? I don't know. <laughs> sports. Sports field, the person who went before her. <laughs> it's all the same. Like competitive field. <laughs> a competitive athletic field. You know, those competitive activities the children play. <laughs> probably like a soccer field yeah. or something. Do they have like American football in Korea? Uh probably not. So Hido turns one of the faucets upside down and turns it on, making a water fountain. And she just immediately starts jumping and giggling and saying she feels so happy when she sees this. It's great. It's so endearing. Yijin watches it looking unimpressed, which, fair. Hido asks what's wrong, and Yijin tells her he thinks one isn't enough to make him happy. And he does it to all the water spouts. Hido thinks this is awesome. She'd never thought of that. Like, (laughs) high golden retriever energy right here. (laughs) this was the like the oh the difference between an adult's imagination and a child's imagination i was like oh it came back in to play this is so rewarding for me as a viewer yeah i think that's such a good observation yijin is smiling now too and he says he's a bit excited a bit hito can't believe this this is way more than that she is straight up losing her mind and it's just so cute and you can tell that yijin is kind of thinking the same thing the water isn't making him happy, but Hito's excitement is. He pushes her into the water while what sounds like the Korean version of the Cranberries sings a song. <laughs> the music was so 90s. I, I love it. I love it. And the two play in the water for a while and eventually are chased off by the police. It's very like old coming of age classic film vibe. And I'm, I was just like eating up this scene. It's just it's so vibey yes. and fun and nostalgic and just like good. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. We're enjoying it's it. Like, We're enjoying it. adjective. They eventually stop running and Hido is still just like loving it, living it up, living, laugh, love. She tells him they should do fun things more often. He has no choice. You said earlier that you'd never be happy again. I'm against that. The times took everything from you. You can't give up on happiness, but you already gave your word to them. So how about this? From now on, when you hang out with me, you can be happy and keep it a secret. This can be our little secret. And Yijin smiles, and I just love her. I'm so proud to call her our gal. <laughs> yes. She's so good. Everything has just been, like, the vibes are immaculate. This just feels like a like a warm summer day. It just feels so yes. nice. Like, this is what I want from K-dramas. And, like, I recognize, yeah, yeah, yes. I recognize that, like, the things that are happening are sad. Like, there's a financial crisis. Things are rough, like, societally for these characters. And, like, emotionally, they're going through a lot. But, like, they're persevering. And, like, the the color palette is really good. And, like, the way things are shot is really warm. Yeah. the music, everything combined together just makes it feel so warm. Yeah, and, like, I feel like it's it has a very, like, optimistic, hopeful air. Like, particularly, yes. I, just, I, like, I just love that sentiment at the end. Like, it's cheesy, yes, but, again, that's what I want from K-dramas of, like, yeah, like, I always, like, you promise to be sad forever. I don't accept that. Like, you're going to be happy with me, and I'm going to force, like, my happiness on you. And I think that's so cute. And, like, yeah, the stakes, like, are relatively low. Like, no one's going to die. Like, no one's going to start. Hopefully. St- throwing up water and get betrayed hopefully (laughs) so yeah it's like it's it's classic it's good i'm excited yeah if it can keep up this energy i'm I'm here it's gonna score high marks like i hope it will 
fingers crossed knock on wood like i hope it's gonna keep this up well i mean and like if it doesn't if there's like a letdown ending which i'm prepared for like that'll be okay the only hold on okay so we were talking a zillion years ago like just kidding i haven't been doing this for a zillion years like the first episode of silent sea Uh i think where i was like i've never really not been disappointed by the ending of a k-drama and that's a lie because the one with conan o'brien actually ended pretty (laughs) well wow Conan really brought his A game. Well, he's only in the one episode. Yeah, he's still all but, thanks I mean, to it's him. Still, <laughs> it's still all thanks to thanks him. To Conan. Like it ends. I felt like it ended on like a pretty wow. good note, and like everybody's stories got resolved really well. Uh, the one bad thing. This is funny. Uh, the male lead is like in a car crash. Classic. Within like the last the last five Classic. minutes. Literally the last five minutes of the show. What is this, Downton Abbey? I guess <laughs> he's not going to be injured or anything. Like he didn't get in a car crash. Like he's fine. And he did get in a car crash and he was in the hospital, but he ended up. That's so okay. random. Uh, Why do that then? I know. I guess to like build suspense and like, subvert. You're just about to subvert our expectations. That's so funny. I like how you're like, this is a great ending. I mean, aside from like the random car crash with no consequence. <laughs> but then like they go to a wedding, they go to like their friend's vowel renewal, maybe. <laughs> Vow, yeah, vow renewal, not vowel renewal. I was like, did I hear that wrong? You know, over time, we lose our ability going. to say vowels. It's very important to renew them. I lost my, you lost your O. You were talking about, you lost your O. That's why you haven't renewed your vowels. They're really out here standing in front of all of their family and friends going A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y. But only if you're real lucky do you get the Y. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were both missing. That's why they had to renew their vowels. It's <laughs> the first to go. <laughs> anyway, like, I was satisfied with that ending. It tied up really nicely. It was, it was good. And so I hope that this one will be more along the lines of that and less along the lines of, oh, it's over. Or, like, uh, it's over, but in a bad way. Yeah. Like, we're going to throw in some <laughs> random thing at the end. I feel like they do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think a really strong start. Yes, a strong I'm start. I'm very excited. And I'm excited because apparently we have another time skip ahead of us. Oh, really? Yeah, because like that's the trailer of the show. This isn't a spoiler. Is like they meet when they're oh. 18, but they don't fall in love until they're 21. And 25. 25, 21. There we mm-hmm. go! Mm-hmm. That's, it's a title drop! Yes, that's why I think we're like safe in the like... You know, he like warms to her when she's seventeen, but he doesn't yeah. actually like date her until she's like a they woman. become they become yeah. buddies, but not in like a weird yeah. way, like in a normal way where you might become friends with someone. Yeah, because it's like really, it's like not that huge of an age gap. It's just a weird time in life where that is kind of a huge age gap. <laughs> yeah, like if they were um, twenty five and twenty one. <laughs> God, yeah, twenty five and twenty one. I was gonna go a little higher. Yeah, but I won't. The higher you go, the less weird it is. Like twenty seven and. uh 32 yeah 31 that's not weird at all like, that's not weird no yeah and so i hope i hope things will go well and i guess i'm looking forward to our time skip because i really like i like time yeah. skips if they're done well we're gonna go all over the board on time oh yeah thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed the show follow us on twitter at dramatized pod go ahead and follow us if, if, you, if you don't you just, just harass us it's fine uh, and if you please if you want to join yeah exactly what i said very clear eloquent 
<laughs> if you'd like to join the discussion, um, maybe make fun of Allison a little bit, uh, you can me <laughs> join the Discord. The link is in our podcast description as well as in our Twitter bio. And we will see you next week again to discuss episodes three and four of 2521. And that's the end of the episode. Freeze frame and cue the music. Brought to you by Subway. Bye! Bye!